Chad Baker Mazzara, welcome to the world according to Jakai. Appreciate it, appreciate it for having me here. Of course, thank you for being here. So for the people who do not know you, they see you on the Auburn basketball court, you're a part of the team, men's basketball team, number 10, you're a guard, from Santo Domingo, Dominican <laughs> Republic, so cool. You're also a transfer student, from Northwest Florida and also from San Diego State. How are you doing today? Doing great, doing great. Uh, just about to get ready to play Indiana. About to go to shoot around and just, you know, lock into the game plan and just make sure we, you know, take care of business today so we can go to Atlanta and take care of business there. Jumping right into it, I want to ask you about the Dominican Republic. What are some key memories you have growing up there? Uh, some key memories I have growing up there are, for example, my mama's cooking. That is always just, every time she cooked, it was just so great, so amazing. That's the number one thing I miss, especially being here. You don't get to eat homemade food pretty often, so that's something that I really miss a lot. Another thing is just the beaches, the weather. Yeah. It's just, you just walk outside, and it's just so nice. Sometimes a little too hot, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't know, my family, I'll say, is the other key memory. I'm just a big family guy. Every time I see them or think of them, it's just good memories at all times. Yeah, I can actually hear your accent coming through. Can you tell me what is, like, your favorite dish that your mom makes for you? Oh, there's two dishes she always makes for my birthday. One is a lasagna. And another one is a called pastelón de plátano maduro. So it's basically like a, you know, sweet plantain. Yes. It's like kind of like a lasagna, but instead of the pasta, you do smash sweet plantain of it. Ooh. I swear. That sounds fire. It is. It fire, is. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so did you start off? Playing basketball in the Dominican Republic. Uh, so I kind of played a lot of sports growing up. Baseball, because that's our national sport. Uh, played volleyball too. Played soccer. I was really big into soccer. But then I always did basketball. I never took it as serious. But I always did it on the side because my dad was a head coach and he played before, so I've always been around the sport. But then me growing up a little bit more, then I just took all the sports to the side and then said, okay, I'm gonna just focus on basketball. I saw about you that you decided to move to the U.S. to live with your grandfather, Bailey Baker. Mm -hmm. What made you come up with that decision? Uh, that decision was really hard because I had to leave everything, basically my family, friends, everything that I've known my whole life, I had to leave and to come out here. But it, for me, it was more like a, uh, how do I say this? Like a, not a decision for right now, it's more like a decision for the future. What I mean by that is like, okay, if I know if I come here, I'm gonna be able to take care of my family, which is not an opportunity that I will have out there in the Dominican, but it will be harder to do because the resource out there is not as good as out here. So it was just basically, I did this for my parents. So in the future, I can tell them, hey, you guys don't have to work anymore. So it's my time to take care of y'all. You don't feel like your parents took it a hard way at all with you saying the transition? 
Uh, my mom did a little bit. She really didn't want me to leave. Well, both of them really didn't want me to leave, but my mom a little bit more. Uh, some big mamas were really close with her. But she didn't really want me to leave. She didn't understand much, like, what really was going through. But, like, okay, I'm getting a little bit better in basketball. Like, uh, you know, I'll be able to probably take it to the next level. She wasn't really process, be able to process that in the moment that decisions were made. Me and my dad did, because my dad said he's the basketball junkie, so he was like, okay, we're gonna send you out there. You know, better opportunity in and off the court, so it was pretty hard, not gonna yeah. lie. I, I saw on your Instagram story that your mom actually brought your niece, was it, to no, see so, what you So that was, that was, that was kind of, I call her my sister. We're not blood family, but I used to live with them when I was out here. Okay. They're like my family out here, like my grandfather. So yeah, I used to live with them, especially during COVID when I couldn't go back home because all the airports were shut down. But yeah, she's like my sister. And that's like, I call her my little niece because they always supported me and just showing love to me. and. That was just awesome seeing them, I'm not gonna lie. That's amazing. So Bruce Pearl calls you a very talented player. I was reading and I saw that about you. So what makes you keep working hard even when you have natural talent? Hard work beats talent, and talent doesn't work hard. Just a quote that always been sticking with me. And I've seen some great players, played with some great players that have been lazy and just some other kids that are not as lazy as them just work hard, just seeing them just take over them. And just seeing that throughout my years of hooping and seeing what happened to the guys that don't put in enough work and seeing the guys that put in all the work just makes me just want to keep on going. You're a transfer student, as I mentioned earlier, but I have to ask, why Auburn University? Why'd you pick here? <laughs> this might sound a little cocky, but so... I played kind of, I can say I played low major D1 when I went to the Kane. Played kind of mid high major when I went to San Diego State. Kind of really say a mid major, but all I missed basically it was playing Power Five basketball. And the hype I was like, oh, you know, big Power Fives, that's where the big dogs are. And I'm like, you know what? Let me see what it's all about yeah. since they have all this hype. So that's what really made me just come out here to face that challenge for myself. And my dad wanted me to say it. He wanted me to play in the SEC school. So mm -hmm. that's another reason why. You mentioned challenge. What has the challenge brought out of you as a player, as as a person? Uh, this challenge has made me like develop on my character. See like when things don't go the right way, how people are going to react, how am I gonna react myself? And I've been learning how to control the things that I can only control. Before I used to worry, trying to control things that I couldn't. And that's the reason why I came out here. I feel like, you know, the coach is gonna put me in position where like, you know, I'm gonna have to face certain things certain way and they just gonna, they probably see how, how I might, how, Am I going to react? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a big reason why I came here. So, the NCAA transfer rules right now are if you are 100% committed to going somewhere else or transferring to another school, that you are able to do that. Mm -hmm. So, with that, I then hear Deion Sanders, the head coach, say, 
listen, if I don't want the NCAA transfer rules to be like this. I want it to be different. I want it to be, if you commit to the school, you can't go somewhere else. No, you, you can finish your question. What do you think should be modified in the NCAA transfer rules, if anything? I'll be honest, all that thing that, how they be like, oh, a player has to sit out for a year, I feel like that's a bad rule because, you know, we have four years basically to get our degree. Right. And like, for example, let's say if you go into a terrible situation, how I went, uh, I went, to, I ain't gonna say what year, but I went to a terrible situation one of my years. And it felt like I was stuck. But thankfully, because of COVID, they changed the rule that year and you was able to transfer one year and play right away. But I feel like they should just change that overall because let's say, for example, you as a player, you don't know what you're really going into. Right. You know, coaches really sell you a dream. Mm -hmm. You know, try to make it seem like, oh, there's the best players in the world. Obviously, no place, every place has their ups and downs. Right. But you really don't know to really already committed there. You know, you're there for some time and you really see, oh, this is how this really works. So, you know, coaches sometimes be lying. Mm-hmm. And they be trying to say, oh, no, we have a perfect situation going on, da 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 well, then you go there, and it's like, whoa, like, what is this? Like, right. They probably got their team set, saying they probably going to have a, give you an opportunity. And then, you know, I just feel like NCAA should be able to just, to, you know, if he goes into a terrible situation and he wants to transfer and let him play right away, right. why not? So I have to talk about that moment that I saw on social media of you kicking the basketball <laughs> into the hoop. I know. You have to explain to me, why did you do that? Uh, fun fact, so I wasn't really trying to kick the ball to the field goal. <laughs> if you see the video, under it is Presley Patterson. So I was trying to just, you know, I, I used to play soccer, so I'm sometimes always kicking the ball in practice, juggling, messing around with it. But I was really actually trying to kick the ball to him so he could give it to the next guy. Accidentally, the ball bounced a little higher than what I expected, so my foot got under it, and then when I hit it, I'm looking up, and then you can see the video, Katie's like, whoa! <laughs> and then I look at the ball, and that ball went in, and it was just, it, I'm glad that happened because our practice, it changed the whole mood of practice. Yeah. Like practice was a little bit like slow, a little <laughs> sluggish. And then that happened. I kicked the ball in. Then at the same time, the guys come in a fast break, trade dunks the ball, and just like everybody just blows up in excitement. It was great that that happened because I would say our whole practice mood changed out of that. People just started going and getting after it after that. So That's it was pretty funny. insane. I cannot lie. You say that that moment kind of change the mood of practice when you look at your who you are as a person what would you say is like your leadership style on the court because I remember seeing you on one game and you're like getting everybody to huddle getting everybody on the same page constantly I saw you doing that <laughs> so what would you say is your leadership style? Uh, you know, the coaches want 
not just me, but everybody to be a leader. So I personally, I like, I'm a guy who I like to talk, especially to the guys, because throughout the game, you go through a lot of emotions and, you know, you miss a shot, you might get a little bit in your head. So I'm the guy who I'm always trying to basically like, hey, bro, just next play, don't worry about it. Trying to tell you, even if you think it's a bad shot, hey, bro, it's a good shot. Shoot it again if you have to, you know? Yeah. I'm just trying to encourage my guys to just basically run through a wall. That's what I want them to do, just keep believing on themselves and not to stop just because they miss a shot or just, you know, yeah. turn the ball over. Like, we're all, you know, nobody's perfect. We're all going to take a bad shot, make a wrong decision. Just next play. Just yeah. next play. That's what I always try to do with the guys. Yeah. Just hype them up a little bit. So I was reading and I saw that Kobe Bryant is the reason why you started to play basketball. Yeah. Why? Uh, so... Born in the 2000s, basically Kobe era. Uh, my dad, Laker fan, he's a big Magic Johnson fan. So I've always been around the Lakers, basically, my whole life. You know, I got j baby jerseys from growing up and all that stuff. So I was just always being around the Lakers. And then the moment that I really started taking basketball serious was when the Lakers went to that two-peat and oh. 809. Now they won that back-to-back -back championship, and that was like, man, I seen just Kobe on top of the world. I just said, like, man, I just want that feeling right there. And then after that, it just he's the him and my dad was the one who really like motivate me to do it. Yeah. When he passed away, how did that affect you not only as a player but as a human? It affected me a lot because he died the day before my birthday. What? January 26, 2020. I'm January 27, 2000. Wow. Yeah, so I was crying like a baby. I swear, we had a game. We just finished. I was in post-grad. We just finished a game. We're watching, I remember it was like it was yesterday. We're watching a high school team play. So when this thing one of my boys, he knows I'm crazy with Kobe. He taps me and he's like, bro, you ain't going to believe this. I'm like, no, what happened? He's like, Kobe died. And I'm like, bro, don't play like that. Like, you know, that's my favorite player. Then you can see the whole gym just go on their phones and like, like, you know, like in shock, like talking like, yo, like this really happened. I swear, we got from the gym to my house. I locked myself in the room and I cried all night. Not gonna lie. All night I was just crying like, cause it felt like I'd never met Kobe. Never met him personally. I wish I did. But I studied him a lot, which it felt like I had a connection with him, like I knew him. So that really hurt with seeing that he passed away, especially the way he did with his daughter and the other families. That was just so tragic. And, you know, you don't want that to happen to nobody, especially now my favorite player. So seeing that was just really sad. Yeah. Did you feel like a piece of you kind of was lost? Not a piece of me was lost, but a piece of me was like, okay, like, take it up a little notch. Mm -hmm. That's what really happened to me. I got like a little mad at me, a little pissed off that that happened. And made me actually turn it up a little bit more in prep school. Yeah. For real, yeah. I like that. <laughs> so, again, when you talk about studying Kobe, of course, my job is to study you. So mm -hmm. with the observations that I've made, um, I've seen you ask the ref for the ball and then kiss it and then give it back to him. Why do you do that? Uh, so when I'm playing during the game, my grandmother, she passed when I moved to the States. So every time I play basketball, she always tell me, you know, I'm there with you. 
That's the last thing she told me. She said, no matter what core you are, where you are in the world, I'm always there with you. So I visualize her as the ball. Every time I take a shot and it goes in, that's her make, putting the ball in the basket. So I kiss the ball, so it just, and I'm pointing out to the sky because I just a kiss to her. Can't, can't kiss her physically, so yeah. that's the way I just kiss her through the ball. Yeah, that's beautiful. Did the same thing for the free throw after the free throw yeah, when you kiss her? Yeah, that's yeah I like that. When you look at your role inside this offense, how is it important and how does it tie everything together? Um, I feel like, I don't know, my role, my role here is just make sure, this is what I personally think about my role. Coaches might have a little different about it, but my role is to like, you know, make sure everybody just in the right set at the right time. Even though I'm not the point guard, it's kind of like the point guard's job, but I take care of myself because I used to play the point guard, so I try to make sure, you know, everybody's mindset is right, how I say Everybody make sure we know the right plays. But at the same time, I feel like I'm like to spark up off the bench to come and like, okay, he's in the game. Like basically like go crazy in a way. Yeah. Like, okay, just turn us up. Like, come hit a three, yell at the crowd, and make sure the crowd is in the game. That's how I feel like kind of my role is. And it's important because I feel like the crowd is a really big thing. Like, you hit a three and you turn around, the whole crowd is going crazy. The opposing team is like, man, like, we might be done. So I feel like I try to, you know, make sure everybody in the arena is just connected with us and, you know, have our backs. How how do you ensure that you're connected with the crowd? Does it only depend on how good you're doing? No. Whenever whenever one of my teammates do something, I have the coaches. The coaches made a bet. I think it's like CB might get a technical foul or some great play happens and he's in the bench because he said he might run in the game. That's how hyped up I am. If you just do anything, I'm the first one to start yelling like, oh! Like, I'm I'm probably your best hype man ever. Me and Katie are the best hype man you could ever have, I swear. Yeah. So the Auburn's men's basketball page on Instagram posted, Chad presents the art of the dunk. So what is the art of your dunk? To be honest, that video, I was so mad because I know that video you're talking about. I was actually supposed to throw that off the backboard and dunk it. I lost the bet. So the art of dunk is, I don't know, I feel like after I dunk it, I always have like a reaction towards the crowd. And <laughs> our videographer, uh, he loves it. He's like, man, every time you do something, you just have like a perfect reaction to the crowd. And he's like basically like with the dunk and I just like a smooth transition from the dunk to a reaction to back to defense. He said like, that's kind of like the art, how like, you know, some guys would like dunk, try to do a celebration. But then they'll like celebrate probably a little too long and then they have to take off. He said like, no, you know how to like perfectly time it where like you have your little celebration <laughs> and then you make sure you're in time enough that you don't have to like just run all the way back to yeah. the different, you know, the ball is like kind of on the ground rolling where you could just like kind of transition yourself back jogging to defense. So mm -hmm. that's what he means by like the art of the dunk. Do you have a favorite song pregame? Uh, yes. So right now, Kitty put me into Destroy Lonely, it's called You and I. Okay. That's like my hype song right now. But my all-time hype song, 
I gotta say, even though it's not really a hype song, it just get me in a perfect mood. It's Ojitos Lindos by Bad Bunny. Oh. Yeah, it just gets me like in a good, like I feel good when I listen to that song. So, you know, I say you feel good, you play good. So, yes. Yes. got me in that good feeling, which is like, okay, like I can go hoop now. <laughs> well, that, what's going on with your hand right now? What's going on? Everything's good. Just okay. during, during one of the games, I just fell, but we just everything's been good. I just been, you know, therapy, just PT, just making sure you know nothing goes wrong with the wrist. But I just been basically just taking care of it. I just fell on it, and nothing bad really happened, thankfully. It's good that yeah. you're staying positive yeah, about always. it. In the event you do go pro, uh -huh. what will life okay. after basketball? look like for you? Well, after my kids, because I'm planning on having kids, I was okay. like, after my kids are set and either ready to go to high school or college, I need to fly me and whoever my lady is back to the Dominican <laughs> in the nice warm weather, <laughs> laying back in the beach. That is what my life I'm trying to have after this, because, yeah, this cold weather, I can't do it yeah. for too long. No, no. I don't mind, because, you know, I like dressing up a little bit, you know, the cold, comfortable. Yeah. But this cold weather is a little too much for me. I cannot <laughs> lie. <laughs> well, you'll soon be in the Dominican Republic after you go pro. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Probably when I retire, you know, I'm done hooping and, you know, I say, family taken care of. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Dominican. Mm -hmm. Lay myself in the beach with a little nice pina colada. Yeah, that's that, nice. That, that's, that's my plan. <laughs> that's nice. Well, thank you, Chad. It's been a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you. You're so open, so I really appreciate you thank for that. Thank you for having me here anytime. Of course. Thank you. That's right. That was awesome. Thank you for tuning in to the world according to Jakai. To listen to more episodes, make sure you go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts.